Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. Welcome back to Three Witches and a Druid, our second episode. Right, tonight. The spooky episode. <laughs> the spooky. We're going to talk about Samhain. Not Halloween. No, Halloween. Samhain. Samhain, which eventually became All Hallows' Eve for All Saints' Day. Yes. So Samhain around here in Halifax is a relatively big deal because we have a nice, big, fancy ritual in the commons every year. I think 20, year 25 this year. Long time. Yeah. 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 Dawn's yeah. been at it a long time doing that. Bleeding that so red. that's always very exciting. And I don't know what your guys' connection to Samhain is. Why don't you guys explain that? Samhain for us is uh, the end of the year in your basic, you know, basic witch kind of idea. Uh, the wheel of the year goes around and around. And at Samhain, God dies. But the goddess, she does not despair because she is pregnant with him. She became impregnated at Beltane. It is the end of the year. If you look back, people didn't really think of like an autumn, so to speak. It was winter, it was planting time, and it was harvest time. And this is the end of the harvest, the last of the, you know, the vegetables come in and all that. So it is very much the end of the year. The God has died, and it's also time to remember our ancestors. It's a time to be thinking of your ancestors and those who came before you. I do have one funny little story. My very first Samhain ritual, when I was just 25 years ago, met up with a group, and the high priest and priestess said, you know, you can invite anyone you wish to our Samhain ritual to remember them. And some, we'll just call them some poor deluded soul, invited in all the victims of ethnic cleansing in the past year. <laughs> my very first Samhain writ. And oh needless just to the say... Ones for the past year? Yeah. Or well, just all of them? And this was when uh, the Balkans were on fire back oh in the gosh. 90s. Yes. I was wrecked for two, three days afterwards. I was a mess. So, <laughs> that's my funny first time Samhain story. That's you came back, I was going to say, but funny now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not funny then. I went, did you? I thought, what? 
Sorry, that, that's a great way to start. But no, Samhain is a time to remember those that come before us. And actually, if you talk to anyone who works in nursing homes or just in general, you look at deaths at this time of year. The death rate is really quite high because the veil between here and the other side is so thin. It's very, very easy to cross over. So it is a time, I know for myself, that you invite, you know, the spirit of your ancestors, you know, you remember them and you often, a lot of times you invite them to join you for the evening and that sort of idea. So that's kind of where we are with witches. You guys got something other than that? I always enjoy the inviting them back with their favorite food. Yes, that's a good one. So Samhain is often about eating or sharing these favorite meals. I know we did an ancestor's circle recently and I didn't get a chance to mention this but I had contacted my brother to see if there was anything that my mom what her favorite things were aside from the dark chocolate and red wine (laughs) he did come up with something else and I thought no I'm not doing that turkey necks and hearts (laughs) now if I'd had a little bit more time around Thanksgiving I could have maybe contacted some local butchers and see if they had any extras turkey necks and hearts but I also was not cooking them well, well you fair. know what? You can go to the grocery store at any time and get turkey necks. You can. I did not know that. If you're a vegetarian. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have cooked them for you and then I'd have ate them for you. So there we are. <laughs> but I did think, yeah, you know, that does sound kind of witchy in a <laughs> stereotypical kind of way. Yeah. Turkey necks and her. And I guess the only other thing, I'm really curious, you know, what you've done in the past. In a general sense, good time for divination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That goes all the way from games when we were kids, like tarot and everything else kind of is that. But this would be a good time for mm-hmm. that black glass, the mirror, mm-hmm. all of those any, sorts of things. Or any message from, you know, those yeah. who've gone before you, you know, you might like need to hear or want to hear. to hear. That sort yeah. of idea. Now, what about the Druids, Brian? We often, we have our ritual and as part of the ritual, part of our working is we have a giant feast to pay homage to our ancestors and we set places at the table for those individuals and in our case currently they have their own table all to themselves <laughs> one thing that we sort of adopt beginning to adopt now is in druidry ancestor worship is a, is a major part of it and instead of necessarily doing individual ancestors we've begun to create what we call an ancestor box where you choose people from your heritage your ancestors and you sort of place their information in the box for all the growth to learn and share. We have ancestors of the land, we have ancestors of the heart, and we have ancestors of the mind. Ancestors of the land, of course, the people who came before us, who stood on this land. Ancestors of the heart are individuals we may not be related to, but people we would view as our ancestors and ancestors of the mind or your physical family. Well, it's interesting you say that because as you were talking about it, I was thinking, you know, oftentimes I've been to Samhain rituals and people have spoken of, you know, someone who's not related to them at all. Maybe it was an author or somebody or an activist or, you know, the year Nelson Mandela died or something like that. Someone who, you know, a figure that I feel I've mixed those up though. I think ancestors of the heart is family and ancestors of the Which never occurred to me before, and I'm stealing that idea. Thank you. (laughs) Take it all you want. (laughs) We're just so, so, you know, 
tramping on your traditions there. No, We're gonna take right. them away. We have that mindset. So but for Samhain, a lot of it is ancestors of heart, the family, that sort of thing. So we take that into consideration. We have a feast. We put food out at the end of the meal. Obviously, if the food has been eaten, we place it outside for others. If it is eaten, we have a whole other slew of problems that we need to deal with. <laughs> the, the uneaten food is given to the nature spirits. And mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I have a, a very interesting little story, if I may, about Samhain. And this was quite a few years ago. And I was working in, it was back in the 90s again, when things were very, very on fire in the Balkans. And there was a gentleman where I was working, his family, they were refugees from Sarajevo. His children were doing their, you know, their first Halloween here in Canada, and they were Power Rangers and whatnot. When the next day I said, so how did your children enjoy their first Canadian Halloween? Oh, they loved it and candy and this, but they were so confused about, you know, what was going on and it was so different than what we do. And I thought, oh, I thought Halloween was kind of a North American-y thing. I said, well, what do you do, you know, at Halloween? He says, oh, he said, normally we go to the graves of our relatives and we clean the graves and we take them food and we, oh, we, we picnic in the cemetery and we talk about them and we put flowers and if there's someone who has no relatives who are there, we clean their graves and put flowers for them. And I went, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so in modern day, in parts of Eastern Europe or in Europe a lot, they're doing what we're doing as pagans. Right. Yeah. yeah. They might have been, you know, the priest might have been there, but it, it was the concept because the whole trick-or-treat Halloween thing, that's a very... Oh, yeah, that's Canadian, a commercialized... Commercialized. Aspect. I was just like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, right that's our Christmas commercialization of it. Yeah. Like, and I'm not going to ever say no to it because I get to, I get to dress up and take my kid around. Well, oh, that's the Excellent. best. Yeah, it's the best part. I love that. And then stealing all the candy afterward. It's yeah, the best. Because he doesn't like chocolate. I love chocolate, so it's good. Yeah, I, I gave birth to a child who doesn't like chocolate. So did Gwen. I don't so, yeah. know how it. They were not possible. a woman in their last life, obviously. Oh, no, 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 no. Last year, though, we actually we had a costume change halfway through the night. <laughs> we went up the hill. We were coming back to go down the hill, and he wanted to go home and change costumes. <laughs> I thought we could just go back up the hill at that point. That's right. <laughs> no one's going to know. No one's going to know. Stop at the places with the best candy. Yes. And, and you know what's crazy is because that's a really fun night. I have a friend or two come over. We sit outside. I prepare for 200 children and usually run it. Really? That's how wow. many kids we get here. See, that's the unfortunate but, side effect of living at the top of a hill. You get 35. <laughs> And no. every one of those kids deserves everything they get. No. Oh, no. On, that on my we, hill, we, we get we, 12. We we get two, I get 200 and run out. Trick-or-treating isn't just for the little ones anymore. No. The teenagers, you know, I remember sneaking out at 16 once and everyone thought it was atrocious I was out there. But now it's like, you know, my kids, there, they're, they're in grade 12 or what? whatever. And they're trick-or-treating and, and the if teenagers that come. And it's really nice, actually. You're wearing a costume, you get candy. That's yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I, don't care I actually went out, I was probably 15 or 16, maybe younger, but it was at the age when you're supposed to be done with that kind of thing. But I went out with a friend of mine. We got called out quite yeah. a bit. But when I was in grade five, I had been in the hospital having surgery on Halloween. So all the nurses and nursing students and uh, residents all dressed up and went around the hospital giving all the kids oh, candy. Oh, nice. So when I got to be the age at that, I was, you know, 
in quotations, too old to be trick-or-treating. I and a bunch of friends went out. We went trick-or-treating and took it to the hospital. Yeah, we did. I did that when we were 17, 18. Yeah. We, yeah, we could call it a lot. We yeah. We said, nope, this, this is going yeah. to the, the kids at the hospital. You got your candy. And yeah, we dropped yeah. it off at the end of the night. And they, I assume the hospital had done something yeah. similar the, the next mm-hmm. night or yeah. something. You're never too old. Yeah. No. And well, that same year, my class, I guess, had put a box in the classroom for people to donate Halloween candy yeah. to be brought into me. And being in grade five, you would have assumed I would have gotten all the crap. I got all the best stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Who these kids were, but I got like I didn't get any crummy candy. Crummy candy. So, it was well, all it, premium. That's really good. And, well, yeah. you know, with my kid there, I mean, one of the reasons why she said, "Well, I'm going to do this first. The student council at the high school, all the kids got wagons and carts and all that, and they went around first collecting for the food bank as something for their school, and then they went and dropped all the food off, and then they said, "Okay, now let's go get our own candy." Yeah. And we had a girl here, uh, one of our my foreign students, and she was 21 years old. She was just that she was from China. She was a tiny little thing, but she loved candy. And we're explaining, you know, Halloween to her. She's like, what? Free candy? What do you mean? Well, they put her in a costume and she went out. She was so damn happy. 21 years old. <laughs> I said, you're small. You, you're, She was very tiny. She could pass for a 14 year old. She, free candy? Oh my goodness, free candy. She was going. We... For some reason, growing up, like we lived in a, it was public housing. It was called Dresden Court. So we did that. And my dad, every year, would put us in the car. It'd be me and a couple of other kids from the neighborhood. And he would take us around in PEI to the bootleggers. (laughs) And PEI, for some reason, had a lot of bootleggers. (laughs) And my dad knew where they all were. He never drank, but he knew where the bootleggers were. And they used to get out the big bars and the oh. balls pop. And it's like, you did your little public housing stuff. You got your little candies. And then you went and got the big stuff. <laughs> it was always that was always the weirdest thing to me growing up. It's like, one, why did my dad know where all the bootleggers were? <laughs> Two, why did all the bootleggers know they had to give out candy? Keep everyone quiet. Why? Yes. And why did Charlottetown have so many bootleggers? <laughs> <laughs> Which is really pretty funny. To this day, I can tell you what houses those were, too. Wow. Probably still something going on. Yeah, isn't that interesting? But one of the very interesting things, and I've only ever been to one over the years, is a silent feast Mm -hmm. for Samhain. I've only ever been to one in Taiwan. And uh, that is when you... I haven't done that. Nobody speaks. You set the table, and you have, you know, your friends are with you. And you also set a chair for each uh, one of the dead that you would like to invite in. And you put their food out and everything, and nobody speaks. Yeah, we called it a dumb supper. A dumb supper, yeah. A silent feast, yeah. And that is a very interesting thing to do. Mm. Because not speaking, you hear more, Yeah, obviously. And the veil is thin and more can come through. And people were getting more messages and things like that. It was very, very interesting. It's hard for me. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I like that concept though. I've yes, never, heard of never that, been to a know? silent feast. No, that's oh. fascinating. 
Yeah, and where I was, the woman really liked to prepare, and the chairs for the dead were covered with black cloth, and wow. oh, it was the whole deal. Another one was, you know, somebody, I've been to more than one where someone played death, and the names were given to them of the people that they wanted to invite in. There was also pets and everything else, pets that had passed and whatnot, and death came, and death was shrouded and called the names to call the people to the feast. Wow. Very interesting. Interesting like things this. you can do. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give me ideas. Yeah. Be careful, though. Whoever plays death, you you often have a death close to, you know, somewhere yeah, yeah. more to you in the years. So you got to be careful there. Yeah. It was a cat for me. Not fortunately, you know, yeah, it wasn't yeah. my, you know, my, my husband at the time or my <laughs> mother or something yeah. like that. But, you know, you got to be careful there with right. that. But, yeah, to play death. It is very interesting. You could also maybe, it's the Asatru, I think, that have like the Seder, is it? Yes, where somebody is in the chair and they receive messages. You could maybe do that. That's an idea of someone as deaf receiving the messages to give to people. That's very interesting, interesting. as well. Mm-hmm. Have you guys done anything unique like that? I haven't done the death. That sounds I played that. death once. It was a bad mistake. I was young. I was early. I should. I would never volunteer to do it again. again. Yeah, yeah. I, you're right. Any time where you eat in silence, because that that can be another very meditative practice, and you know, focused on where you are and what you're. But that means things open up if you're right there and you're in silence and everybody's in silence. You're right. And then of course there's ambience and stuff. You know, you're not in a clinically set, well lit, you know, mm-hmm. sterile place. And that also affects it. But yeah, it is a very interesting experience. I've often thought if I had the fortitude, the gumption, I guess, to go somewhere to a I don't know, even a monastery or a place somewhere like that, a, or a Buddhist place or whatever, and spend six months inside would be a very interesting experience. I didn't think I could pull that sort of thing off and then quarantine happen. I think <laughs> I was a very extroverted person, and I think I could maybe do it now. Mm. I probably wouldn't leave. I think that's my natural state. Yeah. So in, in, that's so, not my natural state. Yeah. That's why I <laughs> think it, it would be a great exercise. And what would you hear and discover? But it's funny because you see those like memes online. It's like here's a cottage in the woods, or it's like if would, you were a million dollars, would you go there for a month? It's like wait, I'm not paying you to go. There. Yes. <laughs> I would pay you. <laughs> so who's having the silent supper now? So the Druid rituals, they're often quite similar year to year. We don't change a whole lot, so an idea to bring to the, mm-hmm. the group. Yeah, I like that concept. Yeah, ours are generally similar, but have all been very, very different. Right. Different ways of inviting the, an- yeah, yeah. Honoring the ancestors. If you look on the Wheel of the Year, and, you know, it's cut into the, the eight pieces, directly across from Samhain is May Day. So the festival of life and, you know, sex and, and conception and all of that is directly opposite the holiday of death yes. on the Wheel of the Year, which is really, really interesting, you know. All along the witchy lines, how many people have used Samhain as a jumping off point for, like, 
a year-long spell. Have you done that kind of thing? I right. never have. That's never occurred to me. So but incorporating, like having it be a longer, having that sound part from now till Yule being the introspective, this is what I'm building. And then not just working with the moon, but working with the stations of the sun so, so that you're bringing it to fruition. A spell for one thing for a year but, and just sort of incorporate different angles, I suppose. Yeah, so you're in the introspective in place. You're in oh. the introspective part between now and Yule and then at Yule we have mm-hmm. that, the solstice and then and then that spell progressing as the year Isn't goes around and working with the solar energies. Instead of just, you know, oftentimes you do a spell three times, waxing moon, full moon, waning moon, yeah. that you would do it, you know, eight times during the year. So would you feel that the spell would come to an end the next Samhain or would it hit a peak like at May Day and then progressively begin to wane? No, I think to bring it to completion and fair enough, I'm curious if people do sort of that May Day here till May Day and then you've hit your peak or do you bring it full circle and come right to the end like it well I think even that, the waning aspect would be still having to bring having, it to full circle yeah you've that, created this thing and now you need to see it now you finish. need to see it through yeah. and, and, isn't that interesting and so what kind of things are also worthy of that amount of work is that self healing is that working with grief or working with is that your finances the budgeting and the thinking about and the you know assessing and and then as things change you start working with those solar energies for increasing if you were using finances using it wisely using it wisely yes, investing as it, slows it down invest you know that kind of thing that's very interesting if you had something really big in your life you needed to do mm-hmm. even if it was you know dealing with you know, an addiction, or if you did have grief that you had to work through, or if you had had a, I don't know, bad divorce, things that take time that you were flailing and you weren't sure where to start. It gives you structure. It gives you structure. And it would also make you think, why isn't this done yet? Why isn't this yeah. finished yet? Why don't I feel better yet? Jeez, I wish I'd have known this seven years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think like you say, idea. a lot of things are tied to a lunar cycle. Mm-hmm. It's too much to expect of that time period, that time frame. Mm-hmm. And plus lunar energy, is it is wonderful for certain things. But solar energy... Maybe you you really need to shine that active principle, that solar Hmm. energy on things and tap into that aspect. That would be a very, very interesting thing to do. Or oftentimes people may, uh, you know, training of a witch. You have a book that takes a whole year and they probably do start that on Samhain. Yeah, like you have that preparation night. And then Mm -hmm. as you move from Samhain into towards Yule, you're starting your... Or different journey work, you know, journey to the underworld all the way to the upper world and back down again to see what you can discover. Yeah. That kind of idea would be very interesting. Well, geez, now you're giving me a nice idea. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's, the, that's the plan, right? Isn't that that's interesting thing to do? My is that something you have done? That is something I attempted and I got to Beltane and got distracted. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I had kids at home and I had, and I'm full of excuses. So, <laughs> but, but I'm thinking that, yeah, my life is really full right now too. But, you know, sometimes you just have to commit. Another way to, to even look at that, you could incorporate so many things into it. Okay, it's Samhain. 
And this is where we are in the wheel of the year. Mm -hmm. But where's the moon right now? Exactly. And blah, blah, blah. And I mean, you, you are in the winter. It is a great time. And people think, you know, they hear the word shadow work or dark work or dark magic or things like that. It doesn't mean anything bad. It can mean things that are very good, things to look inside of you, things that you need to take care of and all that. And it's a great time to do it. You know, you want to get in that canoe and paddle with the current. Yes, exactly. So it would, you know, a little bit of discipline. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Pay attention to, you know, what is the phase of the moon mm -hmm. and where is the moon? Because a lot of the time people, oh, it's the full moon. Let's do a spell for this. But you're trying to do a divination ritual when you're in Aquarius, which is just no good. At all. Not, not happening. Not, not as, no, you're going, why is this not working? Because there's why? so many other Wh things. What am I fighting to, against? Yes. You know, because right now we're all fighting Mercury retrograde and Mars retrograde, which yeah. is kicking my butt. Mars <laughs> retrograde <laughs> is kicking my butt. That's something <laughs> out of my range. All I know is that my Mars bar is a Gatorade. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, at this time of the year, you find there's often an uptick in newer witches, newer pagans yes. in general. Because this is the time of the year where a lot of them are sort of discovering themselves, finding their mm -hmm. paths in and, a sense. And if they've heard from a friend from a you know a friend of a friend of a friend, there's this cool ritual out on the comments and some people may go just because, ooh, it's spooky and it's yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Then they get there and go, Oh what is this? This is yeah. something this that is I This is interesting. Like I like yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that might also be, this is the time the media will come to the local yeah. pagan bookstore. Yes. Which it always nobody time, yeah. ever seemed to want to speak to, so that always felt to me. That's when those kinds of news stories mm -hmm. would be on the television, yeah, and now I guess online, yeah. where people would would see, oh, there is access to more information about this. I, this is a jumping off point for me. I have done many, you know, this will call you or this group or that group or something will want you. Oh, can you come talk about this? Mm -hmm. I've done many talks or other radio stations, other universities would say, oh, can somebody come talk about this? You know, so yeah. It's Halloween. And what yeah. does this mean to you? And all of that. It's very, very interesting. Right. So druids, I, uh, did I miss what druids? No, it's you, it's, do, you it, do your ancestors. Yeah, thing, it's the ancestors. Your heart, should yeah. this, should that. But it's also similar year to year. Mm. Similar year to year. That's what I, I guess. That's a, a big difference between druids and witches. I'm not really big into experimenting. We oh. have rituals written years in advance. Oh well, no, there on. there is power in that though. Yeah, and there I, is. I, I love the pageantry and of open ritual that has that theatrical and touches people in those ways. And with Maeve, I know Margot and I have been involved with some really special ones that Maeve has been the key writer of. But there is also power in that doing the same thing over and over mm -hmm. again and laying those Mm -hmm. those bricks, yeah. right? So that you go through this process and it makes those connections to the divine. We also feel six of our eight yearly rituals are, we always try to make them as public as possible, but yes. Samhain is the one mm -hmm. that's private. Yeah. yeah. And that's this year scary. is actually the first time I think we've ever had guests. We have two potential people mm -hmm. joining us for Samhain. It's, I think we've been around 16 years and we've never had that. Never done that for Samhain. Yeah. It's the sacred one. It's yeah. the, yeah. It's our, I guess, our deepest in a sense. Yes. <laughs> There is a lot to be said for that, you know, when you say the repetition, because last weekend, two two Sundays ago, I went to church with my parents when I was down there. There are certain parts of that ceremony that are the same 
every single week and I can remember them from my childhood and on and on and people take a lot of com comfort yeah. a lot of comfort it's you know that it's part of them that it is renewed and refreshed every week and, and really helps them if they're you know having communion or mass or whatever the case might be and the words are all the same and the actions are all the same and they're really you're, you're right there's really a lot of comfort in that yeah but now you might want to have death yeah. Well, I want to have a silent dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds exciting. It's very interesting. Not great if you got the kids there. No, and that's often a hiccup for us. Is we yeah, not great if the kids. We are often want to involve the kids, and they'll participate to a point, but. <laughs> We have a weird situation where we often have, I feel bad because she's moved out west, but we had an atheist pagan for a very long time, an atheist druid, and she just took the kids and it was fine. <laughs> so we're, we, I are, ask, we are recruiting an, an atheist druid at any point to come babysit. What's an atheist? Oh. She just didn't believe in deities. Oh. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Believes in everything else, just not the deity aspect. Okay, because yeah. you can prove a lot of the rest of it with science yeah. through quantum physics and this and that. You can prove all of these energies and whatnot through science, but right. maybe not the deity. Yeah, and it just wasn't for her. And she participated in everything, but I, I wouldn't say she didn't participate in rituals. She just has quite the same connection as, mm -hmm. as the rest of us. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Actually, this is a conversation that's come up a little bit online about, because like Obad allows Christian druids and Obad is not hard polytheist where ADF is. Oh, there's Christian yeah. witches. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Jewish say to each their own. Yeah. yeah. Personally, I believe that hard polytheism is important in druidry where others don't. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now we know you're going to be silent feasting. That yeah, yeah. Be fun. Well, you think you can talk year. them into it is the question. Or well, maybe you plan I, it for next year. I think it would be an interesting community thing. Try and keep a bunch of pagans quiet, though. <laughs> yeah. If it goes beyond your reach where you give them a smack, you know? Well, we <laughs> can just get little squirt bottles. Yeah. yeah. There, there we go. So I guess I have a, another question. How strict are you about timings? Is some um, intent close enough? So do, on your Samhain rituals... Is it the Gregorian calendar or whatever it is, October 31st? Is it whenever the Scorpio is at the right, the constellation is at 15 degrees of the horizon? Or is it how strict are the Druids? Well, a lot of Druids do it on November 1st. They do it on the 1st, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Now, we've always tried to do it the best weekend closest to the 31st. Yeah. Understanding that we're, a, yeah, we're a family grove. We all have kids and all those kids want to go trick or treating. This year, the whole grove is coming to our place and we're all going to go trick or treating together. So be it, make a part of that yeah, experience. Yeah. And we were talking earlier about how Halloween isn't just for kids. Like we're all dressing up. Yeah. And I have a costume. That, that is, costume. I'm telling you, I have seen in my neighborhood with 200 plus people, I've seen families all dressed up and some of them are fantastic yeah yes so, and the kids are part of it. this one group they dressed up as a, the crowd from aladdin you should have seen them <laughs> and this one dude was wearing one of those those hunting bluffs he was like a swamp creature and oh, i've seen parents dressed up wonderful so this year atticus is a dragon and karen Excellent. is dressing in a paper bag uh, I'm, oh, I'm going in very tight pants and a tight shirt. You're Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's our costume. Yes. You know what? That's that is costume. the most important 
important book a girl will ever yeah. read. Mm-hmm. The most and important book ever. Last, what was he last year? I remember I, I was dressed as a knight that wore chainmail and it was very heavy. <laughs> and Karen was a princess. I can't remember what he was. I think maybe he was a wizard. Yeah. He was it. Harry Potter one year. That was funny. Yeah, I've seen whole Harry Potter family. Oh, you know what? Last year he was great. just a construction worker. Yeah, and Karen was a princess. That was a night <laughs> yeah it, it's really great the whole family getting but this one i don't know where they got their costumes they must have paid a fortune for them somewhere yeah. online because you should have seen them dad was the genie and this one was aladdin's own wow. was jasmine and mom was i think mom was the tiger you can imagine <laughs> it was outstanding i love great. the swamp and, and, creature and, guy you know how they fit all that Polar fleece underneath the costume and still managed to pull it off. It's yeah, the, yeah, that's. Well, you know, a lot of places they do it in the afternoon. They get the afternoon off school. Americans, a lot of them do that. Yeah. It takes place not after dark. It's. Wouldn't it be nice to be trick or treating and not freezing? A little change the topic a little bit, but you you look at how many Halloween movies there are that focus on witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and pagan practice, hocus pocus. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's easily one of my favorite movies of all mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And that, obviously, that witches are not exactly depicted no, is the best. It's but it's fun. <laughs> Isn't there a new hocus pocus movie coming? There's out? talk of a reboot. I don't know if they'll actually do it. There's a there's a, a new, new craft. craft coming out. Oh, everyone get ready. Yeah. Next well, gen or something. Next yeah. generation it, craft. It looks. We'll see. We'll see. Mm. It looks, someone said it was a craft on Disney. Yeah. Because it has a bunch of like really bad effects and stuff going on. We'll see if they we'll get see. rid of that. Yeah. It was we'll not see. well received online. Yeah. That's so. all right. You got to love a, a good Halloween movie, though. I don't like horror movies, though. I mean, the kids have. No, no. I, I don't do the horror movie that much. Especially nowadays, horror movies. They're just gore fests. It's not interesting. Karen loves Halloween movies, but she likes bad Halloween movies. <laughs> That's what she's into, is bad horror movies. <laughs> Anything else anyone wants to mention? Again, anybody out there, if you have any questions or comments or something you'd like us to talk about, you can, at present, email us at mavewitch at eastlink.ca. That's M-A-E-V-E-W-I-T-C-H at eastlink.ca. Certainly, we're always happy to hear from people. And if you're telling us we suck, well, I'm not going to reply to you. So there you go. <laughs> and until next time, everybody, merry meet, meet merry part, and merry, merry meet, meet again. again. Blessed be.